It is exciting to have you as a listener of Little Star Light, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories of courage and inspiration with our hosts and guests during uplifting, entertaining, and intriguing conversations. Thank you for joining us. Each of us have a great story to live, you included. Hear and learn from, be inspired by, and benefit from respected industry experts, brave pathfinders, curious adventurers, determined innovators, creative warriors, experienced leaders, and caring people who have joined together for you. Your hosts are Andrea Yeager, that's me, Karen Vasquez, and Adriana Solarova. In addition, we have special co-hosts and guests from around the world, also doing their best to bring their own amazing light to you. Get ready, here we go. Welcome everyone. Our guest today on Little Starlight is a business mogul, investor, trailblazer, entrepreneur, humanitarian, TV personality, philanthropist, a global brand, valedictorian, actress, creator, mom, wife, and supermodel. There's more too. Cindy Crawford is here. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you for joining us on Little Starlight. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm going to have you write my press release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is super exciting. Whether helping children with cancer or brainstorming together to help children with cancer, you and I have been together over decades in New York City lights and surf, Colorado slopes and streets, a California movie set, ballrooms in different states, in black tie, casual tie, even in costume. We took to the mic in Washington, D.C. on a cancer march. We've been on CNN and other media together, as well as having meals in countless locations. We have shared laughter, sisterhood, families, friends, babies born, address changes, life in full, witness to passing, dodge snowballs, tennis balls, and goofballs. For everyone listening and watching, be ready, because getting to know Cindy Crawford's wisdom, guided grace, inner beauty, caring heart, brave soul, and astute spirit is inspiring. Karen joins the conversation with heartfelt questions for Cindy. Karen knows the childhood cancer journey, having only a 2% chance of survival. Karen from California is a Little Star Foundation alumni. For decades, Cindy has been bringing cheer and care to children with cancer in Little Star Foundation programs. This is Karen's first ever visit with Cindy. It's a pleasure meeting you. It's an honor. I'm starstruck star right now. but <laughs> um, So Cindy... Um, I, I've seen your Instagram photos and I see that you and your daughter seem to have a strong and close bond. And I definitely can relate to that because that's how my mom and I are. I can tell you from a daughter's point of view that it's wonderful to have a mom that's not only your mom, but your best friend and role model. And as a mom, um, as a mom, what is what has been your most important advice to that you have given your daughter? Wow. Um, obviously, um, I think the advice changes over the years. Mm-hmm. and their or her needs have changed and as our Mm -hmm. relationship has evolved because now you know she's 22 years old she's her own young woman um I definitely am more of the school of motherhood that my own mother was which is you're going to have a lot of friends you only have one mother so there are those instances where you have to choose to be mom or friend and I choose mom even if it's not the popular version And I think that like with both my kids, I really try. And this is something I learned from my own mom. I don't, I try, I really, really try. I'm not always good at it to, I try not to give unsolicited advice, but I do tell my kids, if you ask my advice, I'm going to tell you the truth. So be careful if you ask me, because I'm not just going to be a yes man to you. You're going to have plenty of those people in your life. The really cool thing for me and Kaya has been that when she started modeling, you know, most teenagers are like, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. But that was one place where that was not true. <laughs> like she couldn't say that I don't get it or I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. And I think that gave us an opportunity to meet each other as more like individual women. And um, that's been really fun. Um, but like really the best advice I, I give my kids is like, I mean, simple things like be on time, um, be prepared, be present. You know, I think your generation has a, an addiction to these guys. And I, it, 
it makes it really hard. It makes it, it's like one more barrier between for human connection. And I think like to me, even, even like, for instance, so I've been in a hair and makeup chair my whole life. And so is my daughter. Well, if I was on my phone the whole time, I might be missing an opportunity to make a new friend, the hairdresser, the makeup artist. And those were the people that I really did become friends with. And that really, you know, if I was having a bad day, they lifted me up, um, you know, or we would joke. Those were, they became my close friends. And if my head was buried in my cell phone, I would have missed that opportunity. So I think that's one thing. And then just as a young woman, I really just want her to trust her own instincts. You know, I feel like for me, the only regrets I have are when I got talked into something. You know, I've posed nude. The only ones I regret were the ones that I got, I kind of felt manipulated into or talked into. When I fully like, was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I feel comfortable. I know the photographer. Don't regret those. There was one or two where I kind of, got talked into it. And even though they're not, there's nothing wrong with the pictures, I, when I look at them, I see that I didn't stand up for myself. Wow, that's that's really nice advice. Thank you. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that any daughter can take that advice. <laughs> um, so I know you attended Northwestern U University for one semester and you wanted to study chemical engineering. Um, I, read, I read that that is a very challenging major. What was your reason for wanting to become a chemical engineer? Yeah. Well, I, I always loved school and I was happened to be good at school. So that's probably why I like I liked it, because I think we tend to like things that were that come easily to us. Um, and I knew that in order for me to go to like a good university, I either needed a scholarship or financial aid or something. There's no way my parents could just write that check. And so Northwestern offered me a full scholarship if I went into engineering and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I probably, if I, if the modeling thing wouldn't have happened, I probably would be a teacher, honestly, because both my sisters were <laughs> teachers. Um, so I figured just take the scholarship, you know, go for two years, figure out what I do want to do. And then I could always switch um, majors if I, if I ended up not liking engineering. And I chose chemical engineering because I was like, well, I like chemistry. But I, to this day, I'm not sure what a chemical engineer does, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> way for me to go to school on a scholarship. That's why I chose it. And it was really hard. And, and actually, that's why I ended up dropping out, because I was also modeling at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the kind of person who likes to do things halfway. So, like, I saw, like, I wasn't fully applying myself to school. I also wasn't fully available for my modeling. And I knew that I had to choose. And... The truth of the matter is that modeling wouldn't wait, I, but I could always go back to school. So that's why I made the decision, even though it was really hard for me to make. Um, and it worked out okay, but it was it was hard for me to leave because I'd worked so hard to get that scholarship. So I read that your brother, Jeff, who unfortunately died of childhood leukemia at age three, is influential person in your life. Can mm -hmm. you tell us who who are your most influential people in your in your life and why? I definitely would say my brother was a huge influence in my life, um, probably more in his in his absence than he was, you know, because mm -hmm. at, and I'm sure you've been around, you know, cancer enough to know, like it's a family diagnosis. It affects everyone in the family. Yeah. And when you lose someone that affects the whole family um, dynamic. And I think for me, losing my brother well, even when he was sick, I think that my sisters and I picked up on this idea that, oh, wow, our parents are going through so much and our brother's going through so much. We better be the perfect kids. We better not get in trouble. We better not give our parents any more to worry about, which probably served me well, but it, it also was a lot of pressure. Then I think after my brother died, and unfortunately, um, I feel like my mother was very proactive in in teaching us how to grieve. Like, I think grieving is something that our society doesn't really talk about enough and doesn't, it's like a private thing or a shame thing or, you know, and people don't even know what to say to you when you lose someone. So I think my mother really did a great job of helping my sisters and I through that. So afterwards, of course we missed my brother, but 
I guess the way my mom explained it to us was, and we were pretty young, I, was, I wasn't even 10, um, was whatever Jeff came to earth to do, like he did it already, like in his three short years, um, Christian. So, you know, he's off, he's off with Jesus. He's good. Now you have to like do what you came here to do. So I kind of saw my brother as like, almost like this booster engine on me that, that helped me want to achieve and want to have success. I understand what you're saying because I also lost my brother recently. And after his loss, I feel like, you know, I want to do things that he would want me to do and kind of gives me the motivation, a little push to keep going through. So, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. And I just the other influences in my life were certainly my mother, as you could hear from that story. <laughs> and, um, you know, different teachers along the way, including photographers, but probably the biggest two were my mom and my brother. Oh, thank you. Adriana is a program director at Little Star Foundation, specializing in art therapy for children with cancer, orphan and blind children. Cindy, you and Adriana have teamed up before at Little Star for kids programs and brainstorming. Here's Adriana joining the conversation as Karen so sweetly introduced <laughs> you. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. <laughs> it is wonderful to be on a podcast with you. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure. You and Andrea have been friends for many years. You have attended numerous Little Star Foundation camps to support Andrea's and Little Star amazing efforts. Andrea even named one of the foundation's scholarship programs after your brother, Jeff Crawford. During one of the programs with children with cancer, your daughter, Kaya, joined us as well. Thank you for that. The kids are still talking about this day with much joy and gratitude. And yet, you and Andrea come from two very different career backgrounds and found this special friendship, which if I remember correctly, Andrea pursued with a great amount of effort initially. Why do you think you two have become and remain friends? I just, I admire all the work that Andrea does on behalf of children. The way that she came to this is very different than me. As I, as you heard, I had a personal story with losing a brother and I don't want to put words in Andrea's mouth, but the way that she explained it to me was like, because she started playing tennis at such a high level at such a young age, she kind of missed out on some of her childhood. So she had this great empathy for other kids who are missing out on parts of their childhood because of their illness. And I loved how, like, she just fully immersed herself in that. And she did, you know, she will track you down. She will find you, especially because she knew that I had a very personal connection to childhood cancer. And then the second you get involved with Little Star, you're hooked. It doesn't, it doesn't take, you know, you know, it, it sells itself, like just being around the kids. And I just admire her, her steadfastness, her, her unwavering passion and energy just to, to give back to these kids. I absolutely agree. You know, we both are inspiration. I also watched your TV series, Supermodels. Congratulations. It's amazing. Everybody go watch it. <laughs> it gives an inside look at your becoming one of the defining pioneers, the challenges, sacrifices, difficult decision-making, lifelong friendships, and much more. I remember the time when Andrea and I attended an event in Palm Springs, dinner event. This was, I think, six years ago, much before I met you for the first time. We were sitting at a large dinner table and although I was sitting a little bit further, I could hear your name coming up along with a strange comment about the fashion industry. I remember Andrea promptly interrupting the dialogue in a professional and graceful way and praising you, your significant presence in the fashion industry and the business. It was beautiful as I could tell, it shifted the gentleman's and other sitting at the table perspective. It also showed what a special friendship you two have. It's rare these days. Mm -hmm. With that said, yeah, with that said, it seems like a lot of people still have misconceptions about what it all entitles to become successful at your craft. How do you handle when people look at your past business success and vast talents and see only the fashion or beauty part? Honestly, I feel that is one of the wonderful gifts that comes with getting older. There's a lot of negatives, <laughs> but one of the um, positives is that you care less. 
as long as you are living your truth and you know what you're doing, I can't change the way other people think about me. Even, I mean, literally I, I could show them, you know, like this. And if they have a preconceived idea about me, it's very hard to change that. Do I really want to waste time and energy trying to? No, I've got bigger fish to fry. So I, I don't try to change anyone's mind. I just keep moving forward and doing what I care about. Absolutely. Yes, that's a beautiful way to look at it. I mean, when I see both of you, Andrew, and and you you as well, I, I hear people saying all kinds of things and she always answers so professionally and gracefully and very in a similar way. You know, I have a bigger, bigger goal here. I have something I was called to. I, I've been called to help others with with the with the career I've chosen for myself. And that's wonderful. You recently mentioned you're trying to be kinder to yourself. How did how did you start that and how is it going? Um I'm trying to think in what context that I said that, but I do feel look, the pandemic was such a big change for all of us. For me, and I was very blessed because I didn't have to worry about paying rent or buying groceries, but Having that time to slow down. I mean, I've been working since I was 17 years old. I, and I love my job. So I kind of was very, very used to rolling at that pace. I and mean, then especially you throw kids and a husband in and all that. I was forced to just kind of slow down. And I was really worried. I thought, gosh, like I, I'm going to go crazy. I, I, I'm so used to going, going, going. And actually I found that I wasn't. That was a, such a great gift. Um, and it also allowed me to work on other areas of my life that maybe, you know, there's a different season for everything. Like when you have young kids, that's like a 24 seven job. Or like when you're in your young twenties, you can really be a little more selfish with your time and your career. I think I'm, I'm entering that phase of my life where I'm, I do want to be a little easier on myself. I want to not always have to top myself. I don't want to put pressure on me. I, on myself, I want to, take care of myself. So if I had to grade myself on how it's going, um, uh, let's see, the last couple of weeks were not great. I probably would barely pass. Um, but overall, I'd probably give me myself like a B plus. Wonderful. It's always <laughs> a progress on everything in life in general, I think. Um, looking back at your life, what were some of the biggest challenges you had to endure and how did you overcome them? Would you change anything? I know you, Karen, you and Karen talked about it a little bit, but if you could elaborate a little more. The biggest challenges, obviously, you know, losing a brother, I think, and, the, and I talked about how my mother helped me get through that. My parents divorcing, that was very hard. Um, I think... Moving from a small town in Illinois where I had tons of cousins and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas to New York was super exciting, but also lonely at times. Like it took me, it took me probably two years to find my people there, find my tribe and, and feel like, oh, I'm a New Yorker now. Even times where I failed, I've always learned something, you know? So I don't, I, I wouldn't even say like they were things to get through. Like for instance, I, I never really wanted to be an actress, but because of my modeling career, I got offered movies sometimes and I got offered this movie and I probably should have said no because I like had never taken an acting class or anything, <laughs> but I knew that I knew the producer and he just kept, he kind of offered me a deal that I couldn't refuse. And I did the movie. It wasn't great. But the gift of that was like, you know, I found out that I don't actually like acting. I'm very comfortable in front of the camera when I'm being me. The second I'm trying to be inauthentic or someone else, I don't even believe it myself. So what a gift that was, because then I could like put that fantasy of being an actress, not even that I really had it, but we probably all have it a little bit like, oh, I'm going to get discovered and whatever. I was able to put that aside and not spend any more energy on that. Um, so that's a place where, you know, our failures are opportunities for us to learn and grow. Absolutely. And continue with joy. I, I find that very truthful in anything in life. It, no matter what we choose to do, 
if we, if we are in a presence of joy, if we are enjoying it, it, it spreads that to others and inspires them and motivates them. It's great. Thank you so much for sharing. And I meant to ask the first question, why do you think you two, you two have become friends and remain friends to Andrea as well? So Andrea, your turn. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay. Are you sure you don't want to save the airtime? Um, So it's, for me, it was, it was so distinct on the internal goodness. There's just, you know, when someone cares, it just, it just shines and it's, and it's real. And I, you know, I certainly with Cindy, her, how she has a high standard, like a really high standard and she honors it. It's not for somebody else. It's her own. It's, it's already built in. It's this built in system. But I thought about this where when I am, approaching like possibly a friendship situation, usually I give an introduction to people and say, look, here's the deal. I come with some stuff. And the first is God is first. Okay. First of my always has been, always will be. And the second is the foundation. It's the children, it's the families, it's the donors, it's the the VP, the board. I mean, this is, many of these are, are friends, but that is who I am. And it's, and if they expect something different. And then the third thing before, you know, friendships can even come in for me was that I'd always have to serve my callings. So hopefully they'd land in those first two because, you know, God would have presented. And then if someone could accept that, and sometimes I'd add, okay, I'm, I like animals and nature. There'd be a whole list. Like now I seriously send an email out and say, here's the warning label. Here's the instruction manual for Andrea. And it doesn't work for everyone for sure. But I thought I never had to mention that to Cindy. I've mentioned it this to other people. I never had to mention it. It's you, Cindy, you were okay with who I was. You, you looked and said, okay, her life is helping these kids. That's what she's going to do. She is going to do it till the last breath she ever has. And then next left lifetime and the next lifetime. And, and I was curious to hear what your answer would be, because I didn't know why you were friends with me. You came to the, the program. And so it's, you know, that's, that is for me, when you see someone that just shines with such internal goodness that that it's you know no matter what happens there it, there's it's nothing about cameras on ever with Cindy she is good with never a camera on she was probably good as a, as a child but it's um and I'll go into this a little bit on my part about that hasn't you haven't had an easy life to always have like that that goodwill you know spring forth and I've just seen it and have been in awe of it because I have, I've watched you over um, a long time. And so, no, I never knew why you were friends with me. I, <laughs> I didn't ever know that. So I'm serious. Friends like you, you're a total original. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, when that came up, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to actually find this out. <laughs> why she's, she's still there picking up the phone. <laughs> I also think Andrea, I really appreciate because we, our world's, don't really collide in any other ways other than through us both wanting to help children. But we, so because of that, like our friendship, like we're, we're not talking about frivolous stuff. Mm -hmm. And you are a woman like myself who relishes going deep and talking. Like I would way rather have like a really deep, sometimes difficult conversation or sad or intense than you know, I don't know, talking about like a TV show and you, I don't think, I don't even know if you watch TV. Like I've never had a, I've never had a shallow conversation. With you. <laughs> I, it was, it was interesting. I didn't even have this to bring up, but you brought this up in, in what we've talked about. One time when I was taking you back to the airport from one of the events that you attended for us, we were, you were talking about people and you made a mention about, you know, I wonder if that person's really happy because the lines on her face aren't laughter lines. They're mm-hmm. like, anger like and and it was like I wanted to keep driving past the airport going this is so cool like this person has conversations that you don't get to have and I was like oh bummer I have to take her to the airport and she's gonna leave but there's (laughs) there's things like that all the time um one time when it was after the, um, the first event and you were in high heels you were all dressed up I mean everybody was grabbing at you and I said I mean it's like middle of the night okay the streets are icy and I just said look um, there's one person you didn't get to meet at the event and her name's Rhea and she's on her wall of life. And she was a child with cancer who had passed away. And 
and she was from Chicago. And Rhea had always said that she was afraid everyone would forget her. And I promised her that that wouldn't happen. And so I, I said to you, and, and very rarely would I bring up, you had to be qualified to know Rhea. Even in passing, people had to qualify to know Rhea. And so, <laughs> so I, I was like, you know what? Rhea would really like you. And would you, and would you come and see her picture? Like, it's the middle of the night. You just spent your whole evening cheering us on and asking people to donate and doing all these things. And in your high heels, you crossed the streets that were all icy to go and look. And you did it with joy. You did it with, um, and that's why I wanted Karen and uh, Adriana to go first, besides the fact that I wanted them to go first. But there are so many things you've done that it's hard to not get choked up about that. So I'm going to go forward and, and and ask these questions. So, And I think audiences are going to love this too, because it's, it's very interesting. We get to have a different perspective of you that I'm hoping that public and audiences get to feel like, wow, you know what? I feel like I'm her friend too. And, and so um, here we go. <laughs> So what I wanted to bring up is from our decades of special times together, it really would take a documentary series length to share all of our funny, interesting, and adventurous life experiences together. So I'm only going to ask you about a few, and they're thought-provoking situations, because I'm still amazed by them. So when you first came to help my Children's Cancer Foundation, I met you at the airport. As soon as you got off the plane on the way to baggage claim, people were literally grabbing your arm and yelling, Cindy, Cindy. I grew up in pro tennis, so I knew the ups and, and the hums. So if people aren't watching this, they can't really tell the hums, but I'm saying hums, okay, if they're just listening, about celebrity and public life. This was far different. Strangers would grab your arm roughly, and many a time people would demand a personal runway turn from you as if you were for sale, commentating throughout. I was mortified how people did that to you. The first time it happened at the airport, I started to step in to say nicely, hey, not cool, let go of her, let her be. Your grace in handling every one of those situations was beyond comprehension. And it was constant. I've known you for a lot of decades, and every time you amaze me how well you handle those encounters that still occur. And I never even had to say, stop it, or let go. You, there's just something otherworldly, how you were able to handle this the kind of things that happened. So I'm curious... Who or what taught you how to handle those types of experiences with such grace as those account encounters have been constant since you were a teenager? I The only thing I'm going to disagree with you is I do think you know what it's like. I do think probably people grabbed you when you were in your world, you know, maybe not at the airport, but like I can't imagine like after a big tennis match but people weren't. Um, I think back, I think by me, we had security. Well, I, I want to disagree because I've seen it, although it was later, even in the legends. Okay. So, okay, no, some people recognize, I not some people, racket. a lot of people recognize you. I had a and they chased after her. So <laughs> I think um, there's so many layers to that. I think the first thing is I'm a Midwestern girl. And so I think that, you know, Midwesterners are just nice people. And I, that's why I always connect with Midwesterners. I think, secondly, I always saw modeling as what I do, not who I am. We're all just people. Now, there are times where you're having dinner or walking through an airport where you're not necessarily, and especially now with cell phones, like how many selfies can I do walking through the airport? It's, it can get annoying. But what I have found, and I did actually learn this from my ex-husband, who was an actor and famous before I was, that People, they just want to be seen. So if you can give them that moment of looking them in the eye or be like, oh, I'm so, so nice, so nice to meet you. I don't have time for that right now. Or thank you so much. Just that second of exchange of energy, usually that's enough. You're not just blowing them off. You're not like you're less than me or whatever. That's usually enough for you to get on your way. Um, and I and, and I just like, I find that easier to do. Sometimes saying no, 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 that takes longer than a quick yes. Um, so I think I've kind of approached it from that way as well. Okay, good point. Um, the one time though, the first time I saw it, literally you were walking and someone grabbed your arm and turned, like grabbed you forcefully. And I was just like, whoa, okay, <laughs> There's, this has got to change right here. I was back at when we needed it. <laughs> I know, you were just, you were so graceful and it was, 
I was like, whoa, she's like superwoman. <laughs> she has a power. Superwoman. <laughs> she has a power. Um, so another impressionable time was after we did several days of fun activities, helping children with cancer, you also attended the, my foundation fundraiser. A reporter with great admiration for you asked you, what are you doing here helping Andrea? You are the famous Cindy Crawford and you can be with anyone and go anywhere. You didn't know I had walked in the ballroom of the fundraiser and was near you. I always tried to stay in close proximity to you in case an arm grabber or person rudely asked you to twirl showed up. I heard you actually say, Andrea has great try. Her heart is in helping the kids. Andrea and her friends are doing all they can to help children with cancer. I wanted to be here to help make a difference. One of those same friends you spoke of, the vice president of Little Star Foundation, many, many years after we all met, she held your baby at one of our events and you two chatted about family and life. I bring this up because it's another gift you have that others could benefit from having. You show the same care to a person, whether they're famous or not. You respect the individual. You look inside a person's actions, you see all efforts, and you especially pay attention to goodwill efforts. You show up. I'm from Chicago, too, and even though I respect other regions people are from, I do feel there is something to Midwestern values and ethics, which brings me back to a question Adriana brought up. It relates to this. Any woman of our age, older and still younger, that has stood up for ourselves, others, faith, beliefs, morals, ethics, doing their best, may at some point been called a not-so-nice word for sharing and stepping up in truth. In doing so, opportunities can be lost to do further goodwill and backlash for advancement can occur. And certainly it's not fun when people have a hard time hearing truths. It would be great if everyone got along, but different paths are available for choosing when it comes to evolving. What advice do you give to yourself to keep your morals and ethics grounded and airborne as being true to oneself, one's callings, sharing an opinion, and saying truth can result in a bit of turbulence? I think... I just kind of forge ahead with what feels true for me and what I want to say or what I believe in. And, but the part I will agree with is that it doesn't always make you the most popular person in the room. And, but I would rather have self-respect than group respect, I guess. So I would I would have a hard time living with myself if I didn't speak up. Um, you know, like just hearing that story from you def maybe defending someone saying something about me, like how I got famous or whatever. Like that's hard to do, right? Especially like if you're trying to raise money, that could have been a potential donor or something. I wasn't asked back. <laughs> Which is, you know what? I feel like was an award in itself. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, and And I think that, you know, unfortunately, part of, and, and there's been so much forward movement for women, but part of a patriarchal society is pitting women against women, right? And we are complicit when we let that happen. When we don't, you know, it's like if you have a friend and then your other friend is saying something bad about your friend, it's easy to not defend this other person, but that's not the best way for women, for us all to go forward. Like why, like women should be rising each other up, not competing with each other. We should be celebrating each other. And this old way of like, there's not room for all of us. So we have to like stake out our claim and, maybe put another woman down in order for us to be on top. That's not serving anyone. It's, it's actually serving the patriarchy because like we're too busy fighting with ourselves to, to present a united front. And I have to say, I, I saw the Barbie movie. I don't know if you saw it. Not yet. Um, oh, it's, it is some really great messages in there. You're nodding your head, right? Really? Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> because I was reluctant to watch it for the, you know, the name and what it represents. <laughs> really about challenging the patriarchy and also like I love the part where Barbie comes to the real world and she thinks like we empower women you should all love me and they're all like no you made us feel terrible about ourselves because we don't look like you and I had a little moment like oh shoot is that me too because like part of um you know I feel like for me 
modeling was very empowering for me and we showed images of strong women, but I'm sure there also was an aspect to that where maybe some women felt like, oh, they didn't measure up or we were, we were setting this unrealistic standard of beauty. So I do think Barbie is very thought provoking, um, but really about like women banding together. Like we are a force when we're together, we're half the population. Let's, let's like be a strong voting block. Let's not tear each other down. Absolutely. It's so, it's so right. And in and, and that one situation, it was just, they didn't understand it sometimes. And, and I grew up in media, media is so beneficial in so many countless ways, but then if something's misinterpreted or um, misunderstood, it, it can really affect how people view somebody. And mm-hmm. they just didn't have, a, um, you know, the, the full picture view. And I helped them see that full picture view, but it's like when you have two women that might have like a, you know, a special essence, it was just, I think a little overwhelming for them at the time. But anyway, but here's someone who was like amazing that I was so excited um, to share about. So on one of our California ventures, I took you to meet a dear friend of mine, Paul Newman because he reminded me of you, incredibly special internally, and people gave focused adoration to the outside of him. People were enamored by Paul. Oftentimes it was for his looks. He achieved deserved acclaim for his distinguished career and philanthropy as well. Paul and I did programs around the world together, and it was the same tugging on him physically and screaming his name. I think it's probably why you became interested in racing cars and flying planes, because he could get fast getaways on those situations. But Paul had an inner knowingness, a character, really deep character, compassion, wisdom beyond words, and many incredible talents similar to you. When we went into Paul Newman's trailer, we sat on this little couch. And after I said, hi, Paul, this is my friend, Cindy, Paul, like how a dad is proud of his daughter, that she has a friend. Paul looked at you and kindly said, it's nice to meet Andrew's friend. And what do you do? Uh Paul had no idea of your stellar career and legendary global brand status. Paul and I were alike in that we love sharing and giving what we had, and we cared more about how someone was helping others than their celebrity status. View from God's watchful eye, much more special to pay attention to. And in many ways, Paul and you watched over me. I was so excited for you two to meet and become friends. Paul was excited to get to know you from you, not from how media focused portraying you only. You seem to be relieved to know Paul was open to knowing you from you, from how God views you. So yes, there's a question coming here. I get to it. (laughs) Okay, so when you wake up in the morning and you go to sleep at night, do you view yourself from the world's opinions, yours or God's? Are they the same or different? And do they vary? Wow. First of all, I have to say meeting Paul Newman with you was definitely one of the highlights of my life. And not only because you Paul Newman, but of course there's like, that's Paul Newman. Um, but because it's Paul Newman and everything that he's done in the world, like with his philanthropy. I mean, I think he was like one of the first kind of big movie stars to really um, showcase how you can do philanthropy in like a very new and interesting way. And I totally admired that. So thank you for that. And I cherished that picture. And I think I remember I, I wore my hair back that day and I intentionally didn't go as Cindy Crawford. I went as Andrea's friend, Cindy, because that is how I wanted him to, to know me. Not, not as like objectified because I think, I mean, not that he would do that, but I, I guess I just sense that it, he, he does, he's not like a showy guy. I didn't have heels on, I mean, you know, I was like in jeans and a wet ponytail or something. Um, so that was definitely a great moment for me. I think when, wow, that's such a loaded question. Like, what do I see when I look in the mirror? I think I wish I saw myself through God's eyes. I think that's, you know, that's the goal, right? Like we're all God's children and we forget that every single one of us made in God's image. Like how lucky are we? I think though that I am a mere mortal woman with insecurities like every woman. So some days I'm like, Ugh. other days I'm like, that's not bad. You know, I got to pull together. Um, I definitely don't, when I'm at home, I don't see myself like through the world's eyes. I think it's more through my own eyes, which are sometimes critical, even though I'm trying to teach myself to be less critical. Um, but it's, it's hard. I think every, every woman feels that like, we are so hard on ourselves. And the thing that I try to preach is that 
when you like tonight, I'm having dinner with four other women that we were all pregnant together. And so we've been friends for 25 years since we all had our first kids. And if I have dinner with them, I'm like, oh my God, your hair looks so cute. Or I love that top or whatever. Like we build each other up. Right. And I think that's why we value our female friendship so much. Why don't we look at ourselves that way? You know, we should look at ourselves in the mirror with that same kind of, oh my gosh, you, your haircut looks so cute or whatever. Like we need to give that to ourselves as well. I don't know what happened to us that we look at ourselves with such a critical eye. It's not healthy. Good point. Um, I don't have a feedback on that one because I want to make sure to get to the next question. <laughs> I love to say it for part okay. 22. Okay. One of the things I love about you is you didn't have to be like, especially in your work with kids, you just showing up with your smile was like enough and caring. And that was great. And I remember one time I went to Africa and I was staying in a, you know, like a camp and I had no mirror for two weeks and it was so liberating. Because it was like my mood had nothing to do with what I looked like. I either I was happy if I was happy. It wasn't like, oh, I hate my outfit. Therefore, I'm in a bad mood. I loved it. You know, unfortunately, I live in a, like my career is the completely opposite of that. So it's trying to find a balance. Yeah. But you brought up something really important is like, you know, view yourself in, you know, we're a version of God. We're in God's image. and 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 that's how... You know, I, I do my best on doing it. I mean, certainly I try every day, but it's like I wake up in the morning and I'm like excited. Okay, what does God have planned? Because however we are, whatever day we're having, God loves us and, and loves us just as we are. And so that's something that I carry through. And, and the one thing I do have, um, if I'm going to answer that a little, is kids know, kids can see through anything and anyone. And I love that about um, kids that... It's like, if you're not real with the, a child, they know it. That's what Rhea said. You know, she asked why I was doing it. And I asked if she was having fun. She said, yeah. And she said, you don't know how many people come to the hospital and it has nothing to do with us. They mm -hmm. come because they want a photo op. And, and I said, so you you all notice that? And she goes, of course we do. Mm -hmm. and, and so that to me, it was it was so fun. And we were we were just such great friends and continue, even though she's been passed on now for decades. But it, it teaches something that it's really, if you're going to be, God knows the real you, so why not be the real you, you know, just be it. And whether someone likes you or not, I think it might've been a little bit easier for me because in tennis, your victory comes from what you're able to do with a tennis racket. And so it's more on a performance level that way. But I remember my mom once said to me, Andrea, you know, it'd be really nice if you quit diving for balls because you, you don't look good, your knees get bloody. And I just looked at her and I said, well, then don't watch. <laughs> Uh, oh and that goodness. was kind of that was kind of it but um okay so we want to um finish this certainly in a package time and so there's one thing I have not asked this to anyone and this is I'm very curious with this because this is really it's just this is a sacred thing to me now it's called um that you know when people get a message it's the message that counts not the messenger I get that but I actually really prefer the messenger being in sync with the message. It makes much more sense to me that way. So when I did commercials as a kid, I always make sure I liked and used the products that I was endorsing. And I turned away a lot of lucrative commercial offers because they just weren't me. And so I just thought this would be so cool because you're a great person to ask that because you're wise. You've lived through a lot of rough and tough. You have caring ways. You're successful and you stand up for your morals and ethics. Life is full of people who walk their talk and those who don't. Any advice for audiences when you are on a job or personally confronted with people who don't walk their talk? And are you kind of the person that the message is fine without the messenger? You brought up Jesus. I kind of like it that Jesus gave that message. I like him. You know, it works for me. It, it, I have to believe in that. And, and so that's just me. It's not everyone. But what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think for me personally, I align more with your philosophy, which is you know, if I'm going to align with something or put my name on something, I, I want, I want to believe it because I value, you know, I have so many people that, um, you know, trust what I say and I take that very seriously. So I don't want to risk, you know, losing that by, you know, promoting cigarettes, let's say that would not be in alignment with what I'm about, which is health. And um, yes, beauty, but only beauty in the context that it helps women give, you know, gives them confidence and helps them live a better life. 
like your meaningful beauty. You even named it that with that. Yes. I think if other people don't, I, th- I think that's their journey. I, I really, I mean, yes. Do I accept a message better when the, me- when the person's living the message? Of course. But I think we all know people where they're that or instances where you go, wait, that doesn't really seem to go with that. But I think another thing I'm trying to work on as I get older is not having judgment, right? Of other people, because we're all, we're all here learning different stuff or in different stages of our, of our growth. So I wouldn't necessarily, you know, judge someone else for doing that. I just don't think I personally would feel good. Yep. Agree. Agree. Okay. So this is from a question there's a passionate viewer who watches all of our episodes, all right? And I wanted to include a gentleman's question too. So I asked Mike if he had a question for you. This question is from a very interesting gentleman. He's successful. And he um, he said, absolutely, I would love to uh, include a question. And this is his question. It said, He said, what is one question Cindy wishes interviewers would ask her? And what is the answer? Oh, man. Hi, Mike. I know. <laughs> Mike, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> asked everything at this point. Um, look, like doing an interview like this is this is a pleasure because these aren't the typical questions. Like, what's in your purse? Um, <laughs> so that was my last one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm lucky that over the years, like I've gotten to do more interviews, and especially with podcasts, like you're able to not just do like, what are your top five beauty products, you know? And of course, like that's fun. And I have access to so many things that I do love sharing what works for me. Um, I actually don't know. I'd have to give that some thought, but Mike, if I do think of it, I will send it to Andrea. With- <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I would perfect. say you too know, because this is kind of aligned with the questions that you would want to be asked, the challenging ones, deep ones that you pass wisdom to others. Right. So, I, I wouldn't yeah. say there's like one specific thing like, oh, I right. ask me. Right. <laughs> definitely enjoy more this type of conversation yeah. where I really have to think and it's, um, it's meaningful. Yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoy meaningful conversation. Yeah, it's it's interesting because in starting this podcast, I didn't want it just to be me because I may not be relatable to certain people. And Karen brings something really special. And when she comes in, she's like nodding, going, she's shy. She's, she's so shy when she was a little girl. Oh, my gosh, to think that she's out here now sharing and talking. And then the same thing with Adriana. We all have different opinions. And it, it, it's what the cool thing is, like what you said everyone has like their special story. Everyone has something that makes them important and, but their opinion may not be yours. And that's sometimes a good thing. Sometimes it's nice to hear other opinions and, you know, in ways that are certainly loving and caring, but anyway. All right. So in closing this, um, I'm coming for full circle. I'm going to bring this up because in the decades I've known you, it's, it's been interesting for me to watch people in terms of, that celebrity dome thing. And so what I want audience members to know, especially if you're new to Little Star Light and Little Star Foundation, it's um, people think, oh, Andrea knows Cindy Crawford or knows so-and-so, and so she doesn't care about me or she doesn't need me. And I just want people to know this. And this is this is on a friendship level. It's on a donation level. It's on a support level. It's everyone's important. Like everyone has, you know, God, like God is what I consider my best friend and then everyone else is then comes after. And so everybody has that. That's not exclusive for certain people that go to church, you know, every week or study the Bible every day. It's for everyone. And so I want you to know that in, in terms of what we do at, at Little Starlight, we just, we're trying to bring great, inspiring stories to people. So if you're having a, a tough day, we can lift your spirits up. And if you're having a great day, you can still be inspired by them. And the same thing with the foundation, we always have a waiting list of hospitals and children with cancer that we want to help. And so we can do it together. You're as important. And, and Cindy knows this because she knows how much I respect her friendship. But the person who comes in with um, that might just send a little note and sends $5 at, and does that once every decade, 
that's as important. They took that time. They might have missed going to, you know, a movie or movies cost a lot more, a lot more than that, but they missed something to give that. And that that's meaningful. That is, that's really important. And so the way I look at it is we all do this together. So no one is, you know, more important than another person. And, and it's the same way in God's eyes and it should be the same way in, in other people's eyes. So I just wanted to kind of share that, that, um, you know, when you have genuine heartfelt people that come together, it's fun. You know, it's it's a blessing. And maybe you can just take the sparkles of the friendships that all of us have together here and in your life. And so now to end this for audiences, I'm going to ask Cindy if she can share maybe a blessing or like a prayer or a mantra or words of wisdom, something that that you feel um, are special to you and that might also be special for the audience. I always say, like, I just want to be a reflection of, of God's love in the world. And how can I be of service? Like, use me. I'm like, use me, use me. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of my morning meditation and my morning prayer and gratitude, 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 gratitude. That's beautiful. And, and certainly um, I got through the episode I when I was thinking about just the reflections and all that you've done for us still do to this day and and the friendships and the laughter that we've shared to have someone for one moment in life. You're just, wow. You know, there's so much gratitude to have someone over a lifetime. And I'm kind of that person where I'm grateful for the one moment, but to have it over that lifetime is just like, you know, so special and and never taken for granted. So, so thank you for that. I know um, you've been called upon a lot to show up for children with cancer since you know, your brother had cancer and you've done it all around the world for us, for others. Um, and so on behalf of all those families and, and audiences, please, you know, get to know the city that we get to know because your life will be enriched for that. <laughs> it's really special. So, so thank you again and blessings and, um, and lots of love to your family too, who I've, you know, haven't seen in a, in a little bit, but certainly saying hello and hugs to them too. And love. They're taller. Thank you. It's really fun. And I just, you're like a big kid, Andrea, and I love your energy and your enthusiasm. And you're just very inspirational. And to you other ladies too, thank you for making this conversation um, deep and meaningful and rounded. So to be continued. Absolutely. (laughs) That'd be great. Thank you so much, Cindy. It's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. What a special time together that was. Thank you for listening to Little Star Light. What's next? More episodes. We are doing our best and we want to hear from you. Send in questions you have and we look forward to featuring them in upcoming episodes. Little Star Light is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. It's free. Just click follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Little Star Light is made in partnership with Little Star Foundation, but not made with your donation dollars. If you are interested in Little Star Foundation, we welcome your support at www.littlestar.org. If you enjoy Little Star Light, awesome. Please let everyone you know about us too. On behalf of the team at Little Star Light, thank you for listening. We are excited to share and shine our light with you.